Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. We can't wait to share with you guys um, just everything that God's already done this year, and then uh, the opportunities that we have for next year. And uh, that's what Heart for the House is all about. It's about your heart, and it's about God's house and bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who don't know him. And so that's what we do. We just ask you to pray about what to give. And just like Virginia was saying there, uh, pray until you get an amount that makes you nauseated. When you feel the nauseated, I'm just kidding. Okay, maybe, maybe that is, but that was a really good principle that she was sharing on stretching her faith. Hey, come on, will you help me welcome all of our locations right now, all of our campuses, everyone watching online. We're, uh, we're celebrating the launch of our Fort Lauderdale location today. Let's put our hands together for that. That's really, really exciting. And uh, once again, uh, ladies, remember Shine is this weekend. Um, we're almost sold out, so get online and get your tickets. It's gonna be a great, great event. Awesome, are you guys ready to get in the word? Today, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get in the Word. If you have your Bibles, I want you to, or your Bibles on your iPhones, um, I want you to go to the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, we are gonna go through the first twenty-three verses of chapter thirteen of the Gospel of Matthew. So, are y'all ready to study the Bible today? Okay, you ready? You're gonna lean in. I've got no jokes, I've got no illustrations, but I've got a lot of scripture and that's what you need, okay? So we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get in the word today. It's gonna be good. Um, I wanna talk to you today about your heart and about having a hunger for the word of God and about allowing the word of God to really work in your life. You know, um, The Bible tells us that in this world, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But we serve a God who cannot be shaken. And we're in his kingdom that cannot be shaken. And it's so important that even with all the brokenness and all the craziness and all the chaos and and all the pain that's going on in our world today and many of our lives as well, that we know that the word of God can do or can make what is impossible possible. We know that the word of God is enough, that the word of God can heal us, that the word of God can transform us, that the word of God can bring freedom, that, that, that if we'll renew our minds in the word of God, that the Bible says we won't be conformed to all those crazy things in the world, but what will be transformed. So we're gonna talk about that today and how important it is uh, to have the right attitude in your heart. You know, um, Carrie spoke last week, and, uh, and then before that, I spoke a couple of messages on readiness. I talked to, had a message called Uncomfortable Conversations, where uh, we looked at some parables where Jesus had an uncomfortable conversation with his disciples and with us as well through his word. So I wanna, wanna stick in that vein. We'll do a little bit of review, and then we'll get into this today. Are you guys ready? Awesome. Father, we just come in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, help us to lean in to your word, Lord, because God, your word is able to produce life and fruit and freedom and blessing. 
God, help us get our hearts prepared for your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. And I've entitled this message, Feast or Famine. Feast or Famine. And what I want to do is I want to to, uh, just do a little bit of review, like five minutes to kind of pick up where I left off a couple of weeks ago to kind of get in the same vein there. Uh, Does everybody remember this verse? Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 23, it says, above all else, what? Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And we talked about that word guard there actually means to build a structure. And how important it is to build a structure around your, or build a structure or, or, or get boundaries in place around your heart and around your life to keep the good things in and to keep the negative things out. And that grace, the grace of God, God loves us, God is forced, but the grace of God needs a landing place in your life so that it can transform you, so you can experience the supernatural power that God wants you to experience. And we we talked about four things. We talked about repentance, obedience, discipline, and readiness. And let me just give you some quick definitions of those there. Okay, repentance. Remember this? Repentance is to change one's mind by sincerely turning from one life direction to another, often accompanied by contrition, remorse, but also hope. So remember when it comes to, this is why repentance is so important. Remember the first thing that Jesus preached was what? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. He didn't say receive or accept, although we do receive and accept Jesus, but this repentance is a crucial, crucial aspect of giving our lives over to God. What does it mean? Okay, watch, we're talking about the heart again. You can't change your heart, but what you can change is your mind. And if you change your mind, God will change your heart. So here's what repentance looks like. I'm I'm going this way, this life direction, self-directed, this life direction, you know what? Man, I realize I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I realize that I was created for him, that, he had, that, 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 that this is what I was created for. God has a purpose for my life, so I'm gonna stop being self-directed and I'm gonna change my mind. I wanna be God-directed. And so I change my mind and I change, I have a change in life direction. Is everybody following me here? This is the God first life. God first life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then everything that you need will be added unto you. Too many people, they're chasing after their needs. They're chasing after their wants. They're chasing after their desires. They're on the wrong direction. If they would just change life direction and be God direction, guess what? God would bring them all those blessings as well. You follow me? So then there's obedience. Everybody say obedience. That's right, obedience. Obedience is not a cuss word, okay? Obedience is all over the Bible, but a lot of times we think of obedience in terms of, you know, uh, do this or do that or don't do this or don't do that. It's really much bigger than that. Here's what obedience is. Obedience is being God-directed, not self-directed. It's just what we talked about. So I repent, I change life directions from what? Uh, to, from being self-directed to God-directed. That's what obedience is. My life, I, I, I've given God my heart and now I'm, I'm being God-directed with my life through God and his Word. And here's another important thing. Okay, discipline. Discipline, remember we're not just followers of Jesus, but we're what? We're disciples. We're disciplined followers. So here's how we guard our hearts. Discipline provides a structure for growth. Okay, so I change my mind. 
Now God can change my heart. I make the decision from going self-directed to God-directed, but now watch. Now's the crucial issue. Now's the heart issue. I'm gonna renew my mind in God's words, but here's what I have to do. I have to provide, uh, build some structure, put some discipline, some boundaries in my life. Come on, put some new habits in my life so that I can grow in my relationship with God. And what that's gonna lead to is readiness. Readiness. Readiness, you're ready for God to move in your life. You're ready for God to open a door. You're ready for God to promote you. You're ready for Jesus to return. You're ready to meet God and stand before him if you happen to pass away. Somebody follow me here. And here's three aspects, three aspects of readiness that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24 and 25. There's three aspects of readiness, and that's being faithful, being watchful, and being useful. Being faithful, being watchful, and being useful. Okay, y'all ready to kind of pick up right there? So now look at what it says in Amos 8.11. Amos 8.11, look. The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Look at this. Not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. So now look, it doesn't say there's gonna be a famine of the word of God. It says there's gonna be what? A famine for hearing the words of the Lord. And those of you that are familiar with the Gospels and with the New Testament, we see all the time Jesus will preach something. We're gonna look at it right here in just a minute. He'll preach something and he'll say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now here's the thing. The word of God is going out like never before. I mean, come on, it's podcasts and it's apps and it's internet and it's all over the place. And we got a hundred services and we're broadcasting all, all this. The word of God is going out like never before. But I submit to you that we're in a season right now where there is a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. Why? I'm not talking about listening. Listening is physical. Hearing is spiritual. Hearing has to do with the heart. And here's what you might be looking at that verse and you say, well, well, God's sending that famine. No, no, no. And I'm gonna show you this in, in Matthew 13. Here's what God's sending. God is sending his word. And depending on the response of your heart, it will either cause a feast or a famine in your life. So yes, God is indirectly sending the famine, but what he's really sending is the word of God that is here to change your life, that is here to save your soul, that is here to bring the reality of Jesus into your life. He's sending your word, but watch, there's no neutral response. You will either have a heart of good soul and that word will come in and produce good fruit or you'll have a closed heart, heart of bad soul, and then that word will come in won't produce any fruit. In fact, it'll be taken away. It's a feast or it's a famine. And here's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 13. It says, look, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. This is, so think about it. This is the crowds. He's about to bring the word to all these people, Okay. He says, uh, then he told them many things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. 
Now, we all know, I could define this all over scripture, the seed is gonna represent the word of God. So think of the seed as the word of God here, okay? It says, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow, uh, it sprang up quickly, um, but because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other, here we go, still other fell on good soil. Everybody say good soil. They fell on good soil where it produced a crop. It produced blessing. It produced fruit. It, 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 it produced growth. It produced a crop. 160 or 30 times what was sown. Here he goes. He who has what? Ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, for you investors in here, I think a 30, 60, and 100 fold return is a pretty good investment. This is what happens when you invest your heart into Jesus and the kingdom of God. Now, look what he says. He says, The disciples came and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables, he replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them, okay? Whoever has will be given more. They're gonna feast. God wants to keep blessing you and blessing you and blessing you. A couple of weeks ago, what we never talked about was the parable of the talents. The guy who, who used the two right, God gave him two more. The guy who used the five right, God gave him five more. But the guy who, what, he didn't use the one that God gave him? Even that was taken away. He says, look, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. It's either feast or it's famine. It's either, there, there's no neutral response to the word of God. It will produce one or two things in your life. Keep going. So this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Look, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart, here's that word again. This people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and I would turn and heal them. Keep going. But blessed are you, your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Keep that right there. Go, go back, go back. Keep that right there. Okay, so watch, here's what Jesus is saying. God's not hardening your heart. You're hardening your own heart by how you're responding to the word of God. Here's what he's saying, he said, and if you have a right heart, if you have good soul, guess what? The word of God's gonna come in. It's gonna produce a feast of righteousness and peace and blessing in your life. If you don't have a heart of good soul, it's gonna, it's gonna, actually, it's gonna push you further away from God. There's gonna be a famine. There's the words going out, but it's not producing what God wants it 
to produce. And look what he says right here. He's, 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 he's gonna unpack, okay, here's the three characteristics of a heart that has bad soul. He talks about, no, go back, I'm not done. Are y'all ready to, to, to learn the word today? Because this is what we're doing today, okay? So this is what we're doing. Look, just wanna remind everyone, look, okay, the, 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 when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, because his heart is closed, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. I just wanna remind everyone, you know, there is a real devil, okay? We believe in heaven and hell. We believe in angels and demons. There is a real devil, okay? Evil is not some fig figurative uh, existential conception and the devil is the figurehead of that and it's just talking about the brokenness of man. No, listen, we're at war. And it's a war for souls. And what the enemy doesn't want, here's what he knows, what will defeat the enemy every single time is you acting on the word of God in your life. Why? Because just like he did in the garden, what does he have? He's gotta keep you in deception. He's gotta keep you away from the word. Once you get the word, once you start to be transformed, once you get the truth and the truth starts to set you free, now all of a sudden you, you, you become like a real asset to the kingdom of God as far as advancing the kingdom of God, as far as, as moving your life forward, as far as being a witness to other people, as far as being a light to other people. I long for the day where that church is a light, it's a city, it's set on a hill and people can look and they can see the light and they can see the transformation. So if you don't think that forces are at work when you're receiving the word of God, I'm just telling you, I choose to believe what Jesus says, okay? Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, evil in the unseen realm. All of y'all believe in an unseen realm, every single one of you. You just take it, face all the things they tell you about oxygen and molecules, all that kind of stuff, bacteria, just all the stuff that's in the air, you just take it face value. I'm asking you to take face value what Jesus says in his word. And as a church, we're gonna have to decide, man, what, you know, are we gonna believe what God says? Or what, what, are, are, we gonna, are we gonna really stand on the word of God? Or are we just gonna kind of believe what we wanna believe, kind of format it in a way that makes us comfortable? Or are we just gonna really believe what Jesus tells us? I can't wait till January when we talk about the eschatology and judgment and the end times and angels and demons and all those things. I think some of your eyes are gonna be opened. There's a little bit more going on to this world today than the Jags football game and where you're eating lunch and all those kind of things. I'm just saying, are y'all gonna love me after this message or not? Watch this, keep going, I'm almost 
The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Man, this is very true, especially in the West. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but what happens? The worries of this life, the cares, the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and they make it unfruitful. Let me say something about the deceitfulness of wealth. You know what the deceitfulness of wealth is? People seeking security in something that only God, follow me here, you're seeking security in money. I'm telling you, money can't give you true security. Only God can give you security. You're seeking happiness. You think more money, well, you're seeking happiness and fulfillment in money. Only God can give you true happiness and fulfillment and security. Now watch, don't get me wrong. Make all the money, money's a help. Come on, money will get you better season tickets at the Jag game. Money will up that vacation. Money will pay off this. Money brings relief, doesn't it? It brings relief. But it can't bring security. And it can't bring fulfillment. And people chase it their whole lives on a self-directed path, or we could say a money-directed path trying to get something out of money that only God can give them. The Bible says wealth will not profit in the day of wrath. It won't profit. Did any of y'all watch those shows, uh, things like on the Learning Channel or whatever? There's this show I started watching called The Filthy Rich God. Anybody watch this? I mean, like, no, we don't watch those shows. I'm doing like, these, these are like the super rich, rich. These are like billions, billions. This is like the, the super rich of the super rich. None of y'all are this rich. If you are, you need to come talk to me after this service and we're gonna, we're gonna talk about your money. But anyway, <laughs> it, it, one of the things that's fascinating about this show is the extreme links that these people go to to try to bring security to their lives. Like they're gonna have this you know, underground bunker and they're gonna have this for this kind of disaster and they're gonna have this for this kind of disaster and they're gonna have all these different uh, homes and they're gonna have this yacht. It's, it's a fascinating thing to see. They have all this money and they spent so, spend so much time and energy trying to get security from it. Can I tell you this? There's nothing in this world that can give you true security but Jesus. Everything in this world is gonna be shaken. True security is in Jesus. Don't get on that train, okay? Look, in verse 23, it says, but the seed, are y'all finally ready for some good news? Okay, look, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, look, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a 160 or 30 times what was sown. What Jesus is talking about here is that the attitude of our heart has everything to do with how we experience the supernatural power of God, 
how we receive his blessings in our life. I don't know about you. I love this, this promise. He who has, he'll have an abundance. He'll be given more. You know what that means? If I receive God's word with the right attitude and a heart of good soul, guess what? God's going to bless me with that. He's bringing something else right down the pipe. I don't know about you. I want to live in, the, in a feast of the fruitfulness of God. I don't want to have a famine. I don't want to have a famine. So here's, here's what we're going to look at, okay? In this parable, Jesus talks about kind of the three conditions whereby our hearts would be hearts of bad soul, not good soul. And we saw it in what he spoke right there. Let me give you three things, okay? First of all, he talked about the seed that fell along the path. It didn't even get in the ground, okay? This is the first, first thing. It's hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. When you hear the word of God and you brush it off, you're hardening your heart to the word of God. That's why Hebrews tells us, don't harden your hearts when you hear his voice. Okay, there's a hardness of heart. The next thing he talked about, remember he talked about the shallow soul? That's being half-hearted. That's being half-hearted. And as you see, you see, man, like, like, it's like, remember it was shallow, so it's like, it, it, it got in some, the, the, the first type, it didn't get in at all. And the evil one came and, and, and snatched away the word. The second one, it got down a little bit. And the Bible says, it, you know, at it, first, like things happened, it, it sprang up with joy. But watch, because it had no depth. When trouble came, when persecution came, there, there was no lasting uh, there, was, there was no lasting fruit. Let me say something about persecution. A lot of times we think about persecution in the sense of, you know, like being jailed for the gospel and a lot of those things that we see in third world countries sometimes and what we see in the Bible. But, you know, if you're living for Jesus, you're going to be persecuted for your faith in some way, shape, or form. You know when we're persecuted? We're persecuted when, okay, you're living for God and then here's this group of friends and they're inviting you to participate in something and you have a choice right there. Am I gonna stand for God and know that now this friend group might push me out or make fun of me or not include me or I might lose some of my popular, what, am, am I gonna watch? Am I gonna stand for God or now that because I'm getting some pushback from my faith, am I just gonna give in? That all depends on when you come to Jesus and when you engage his word, are you giving God your whole heart or are you just kind of giving him half your heart? You know, I'm gonna add a little fire insurance. I'm gonna kind of add a little bit Jesus here. You know, I like all the good stuff. I like all the, I, I, like, I like all the good stuff. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe this about the Bible but this other stuff, you know, ooh, that's kind of rough. Uh, I don't know about that. What? Judgment? Mm-mm. Oh, here's some good stuff. Here's love and blessing and joy and all that. And yes, all that's true. And Jesus, it, but, but here's what I'm saying. If you give God your whole heart, you're going to receive the whole counsel of God. I, in fact, I was watching uh, this show the other day on the founding fathers of the United States. And I'll just say this. Maybe some of those guys were Christians, but boy, there were a whole bunch that believed some crazy stuff. 
And are you ready for this? One of our founding fathers, one of our former presidents, he actually took the Bible, okay? And he went and cut out the parts that he liked. Like, like, so he cut out like, okay, like Jesus said about this, he would cut it out and paste it on a sheet. And then he'd find other things of Jesus and he cut them out and he put, and basically he cut, actually cut out of the Bible different passages of what Jesus said and pasted them on these pages and made like his own Bible. He left out the resurrection. He left out things about repentance. He left out the miracles. He left out all that kind of stuff. He left out anything about hell. He left out all that. It was just like, here's what Jesus said. And this is what I'm going to believe. You know, we think that's crazy. How many of y'all that would think that's kind of crazy for somebody to do that, especially a president? You know, we do it all the time. We like this, but then when we read this, it's like, or we hear this, or we hear a message like this today, and man, God starts messing with us because he loves us, because he wants to heal us, because he wants to help us, because he wants to produce fruit in our life, because he wants to free us, because he wants to liberate us, because he wants to deliver us, because he wants to do all these great things in our life. And here's what happens. The word comes in, and because our hearts are shallow or they're closed, it's like we start <laughs> squirming. We don't know. It's like... We, you know, oh, repentance, <laughs> discipline, obedience. <laughs> Did you say favor? I'm back. I'm back. I'm back in favor. Wait. Did you say that? God loves me no matter what. Amen. Jesus. Yeah. And then it's sacrifice. Tithing, squirming, squirm. <laughs> what? God wants to bless my children. God wants to bless my marriage. God wants to do that. I'm back. You know what? Watch, watch, watch. You're not back. You're shallow. You're half hearted. You can't, it's got to be the whole counsel of God. You can't do that. Do you see? You can't be transformed like that. We can't be transformed like that. Listen, the Bible says through many tribulations we inherit the kingdom of God. There has to be some root there. Yes, Paul said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. Yeah, 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 but also the fellowship of his sufferings. It's in the time of pain and suffering when you process that in a healthy way. That's where the real power of God comes in and transforms your life. We, 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 we got to quit taking what we want out of the word of God and leaving the other stuff behind. Paul said, I have declared to you the whole counsel of God. This is where the depth is. This is where the miracles happen. Do you see? And then the last thing he talked about there was a crowded heart. So a closed heart, being half-hearted or what? A crowded heart. You're trying to get Jesus in there. Look, you're trying to get the word in there. You've just got so much other stuff in there and this is why we talk about the God first life. What God is first, he has the preeminence. He has the preeminence 
in our heart. And we're gonna let his preeminence rule and dictate what other things are going on in there. Can I have a good amen? Okay, so watch this. So if that's, if that's what a heart of bad soul looks like, so then the opposite of those things, that's what, would, that's what a heart of good soul would look like. So let's look at those things, okay? So instead of hardness of heart or a closed heart, look, let's have what? Let's have an open heart. God, whatever you, whatever you say, I wanna be open to it, watch, even if I don't like it. Remember, you know, remember the verse where Jesus said, um, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and what? Follow me. Here's, here's what that means. Here's what that looks like. When you come to Jesus, you experience his love and grace and goodness. Now you are growing in your relationship with God. Here's what God's gonna do. God is gonna lead us. Sometimes it could be daily things. It could be a season. God is gonna lead us to a place, watch, where you have an opportunity to get healed and experience resurrection power. Because all of us, when we were being self-directed, all of that sin produced a lot of brokenness and a lot of pain and a lot of wrong thinking and a lot of junk and a lot of hurt and a lot of emotional baggage. Anybody else out there in, in a part of SA, Sinners Anonymous, all of us? Like, so here's what, you know the truth, the truth sets you free. Jesus wants to set you free. So here's what happens. He brings us to a place where here comes the word. He's telling us something in his word and you don't like it. Or you don't, under, you don't know what the outcome of that is gonna be. And what Jesus has said, here's the thing. Are you gonna choose to be self-directed or God-directed? So what do we do? We take up our cross. What is the power of the cross? Death. Death to self, death to sin, but also resurrection to newness, to the power of God, to blessing, to healing, to freedom. Watch, this is what a disciple does. Watch, watch. A disciple goes to the cross and a disciple says, Jesus, I don't know how to do this. I don't, I don't, I don't even understand it fully. But God, this is what your word says. I don't know, I, 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 I have this, this addiction. I know you want me out of this relationship or I'm gonna have to forgive this person or I'm gonna, I know you're calling me, Lord, to obey your word in this area. But God, I don't feel like it. I don't know how to do it. But God, I trust you. I trust you. So even though I don't have it in the power of my heart to do this, Lord, what I do control is what? My mind. I can change my mind. And Lord, I choose to believe you and your word, and I choose to be God-directed in this area. Even if it might be a process, I choose to be God-directed instead of self-directed. Jesus, let the work that you did for me on the cross. You died for this sin. You died for all the. You died for all that. God, let the work of the cross have its way in my life, because I'm your disciple. 
I'm a disciplined follower. I'm God-directed. Lord, so I choose your way over my way. Your will be done, not my will be done. When you make that decision in your mind, guess what? Resurrection power. He died and he rose again. Resurrection power comes into your life and God begins, as he says in that parable, his word begins to heal your heart and his word begins to bring you into a new level in your life. That's growth. That's growth. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's not convenient, but come on, that's where the life is. That's where the fruit is. That's where the blessing is. And church, I'm telling you, I believe that we're coming into a season. We're gonna need to be disciples. We're gonna need to be disciples. We're gonna need to understand the process of saying yes to God and no to ourselves, even when we don't understand it or don't agree with it. You know what? It's okay to tell God. It's okay to, Kaylin, my oldest daughter, she's on fire for God and we were having this deep theological conversation. It wasn't about anything about sin or anything like that. It was this deep theological conversation and I was showing Kaylin what this said in the word and we were, you know, just kind of moving along there and and finally she, uh, you know, was just clearing the word but she didn't like it. She She didn't like that. She's a strong leader. You know what? She just told me, she said, you know what? I might have to believe it, but I don't have to like it. (laughs) And that's actually a very mature response. And you can say the same thing to God. You know what? I don't, I might, I I might, I'm going to go ahead and believe it, but I don't like it. But you choose in your mind. This is what God's word says. So now what? Now you know what? She believes it and likes it and understands it because the word of God came in and did transformation in her life. Do you see? So there's an open heart. We gotta have our heart open. Look, there's being wholehearted. We give God all of our heart, all of our lives, not just half. And then the third thing here is a guarded heart or what the Bible calls being single-minded. Watch. If you have an open heart, like are you open? Like do you have ears to hear? Like are you, are you really open to everything that, is in God's word speaking to you for your life? If you have an open heart, if, you, if you're wholehearted, Lord, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna allow you, God, to get in those places in my heart that I'm ashamed of. God, I'm gonna allow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open my heart up to you and allow you to get down in deep and plant those roots so that that life can go deep into all the places that it needs to go to transform you. You give God your whole heart, you'll experience a whole life. That's how he takes brokenness to wholeness. So there's, and then there's a guarded heart. Lord, I'm gonna set up boundaries. I'm gonna protect myself. And then I'm gonna close, protect my heart. What's in, what's going in, what's going out. And then I'm gonna close here, John 15 talking about the heart. Look at this, John 15. Are y'all with me today? Y'all gonna still come back to church next week? Okay. It says, look, I'm the true vine. I love this. And my father, my father is the gardener. Isn't that good news? All you gotta do is give God your heart. Guess what? God's the gardener. You don't have to make yourself grow. You don't have to make yourself free. 
You don't have to make, your, make yourself delivered. God will do all that. What God is asking you for is an open heart. He's asking for your whole heart. And then he's asking you to guard your heart so that he can do what he wants to do in your life. And that is pr uh, produce fruit. You can look at Galatians, righteousness, peace, joy, long-suffering, all those things. What everyone is looking for, you have it free in Jesus. If you just give Jesus your whole heart and let the word do the work. We go out, we're looking six steps to this and three steps to that and five steps to this and, to, and whatever. That's all great. Use all that. But I'm telling you, without the word, you're not going to have the fruit. You're not going to have the change. It's the word that works. He says, look, my father's a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it can be even more fruitful. That's feast or famine. It's feast or famine. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Can you just thank God that, listen, you repent and receive Jesus. You have the blood of Jesus. You're clean. You're ready to go. You're ready to grow. You're ready for Father God to come in and do a great work in your life. If, if, look, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You can't have a fruitful life being self-directed. You can't bear fruit that way. There's only one way to bear fruit and experience the life of God. It says this, look. It says you can't bear fruit by its, it, itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Here's the awesome thing. All of the life that Jesus wants to bring in your heart, all you have to do is just connect yourself to the vine. All you have to do is have a heart of good soul and just connect yourself to Jesus. Look, the life is already in the vine. The healing's already in the vine. The, 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 the freedom is already in the vine. It is there and ready to grow. And the life and the power that's in that vine, it will come into the branch. It will do 30, 60, 100 fold. You'll have all this fruit. You'll have all this blessing. God's gonna do some pruning. You'll have to go through a time where you say, not my will, but thy will be done, God. Then he's gonna prune it up a little bit. Come on, then you're gonna grow more fruit. Then you're gonna grow more fruit. Then you're gonna go through a season He's going to prune it up a little bit. He's developing something deep on the inside of you because you're an overcomer and then you're staying in the vine and there's more life and there's more fruit. This is how the world you're going to know. My, this is how the world is going to know that you're my disciples, that you bear much fruit. If we don't start getting tapped into the word with an open heart, with a whole heart and with a guarded heart, we're not going to have the life. We're not going to have the fruit. We're not going to have the healing that we need to be who Jesus has called us to be. My prayer for the church in this next season is that we would bear so much fruit and the world would come and they would taste and they would see that the Lord is good. Will somebody give God a praise up in here? Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.